Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all of that information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions, like this one, Jeff. I heard, I heard you have a book. I do have a book. Yeah? Several, actually. (laughs) They're all coming out right now. (laughs) All the release dates are right now. Uh, No, you have a a new one that's uh, hitting the presses here. Uh, Why don't you... What's that about? Well, uh, I'm actually... Let's let's, just assume I know nothing about your book. Oh, there you go, Joe. (laughs) I have a new book out called Assume I Know Nothing. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. I had, I had a bunch of uh, pastors from different churches over at my house for a thing. And uh, my one buddy, the book was out, and he picked it up, and he goes, Assume I Know Nothing. He goes, what, is this your autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> Nick like, Cleveland, yes. I hate that guy. <laughs> but um, no, I have a new book out. It's called Assume I Know Nothing, uh, a, a Beginner's Guide to Understanding the Bible in... Uh, yeah, it's a book. I've actually been working on it for about four years, wow. four or five years. COVID uh, put a major delay into Slowed some things. Down. Yeah, 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 it's major bogged down with it. And every time, this is what I do when I write a book. I write a book, and then I release a book. And when I release a book, I'm like, I'll never write a book again. Mm. And then by the time it's actually released, like that memory goes away, and you're like, you know, my next book should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited about this one for that, sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, having worked through this content with you before, like it, it's really, really fun stuff. And there are a lot of people out there with barely any understanding of what the Bible is, who Jesus is, and all they really have to go off of is a couple of snarky, Instagram comments yeah. or a couple of media posts, and that doesn't give you a clear picture. So it could be a really awesome resource. Well, it came from the the the, the title, so I know nothing. Actually, came from a friend. I, I was uh, a friend at the gym, and uh, Heidi and I have a mutual friend there. And she had some questions about God, and I met with her, and I started to try to answer her questions about God, and I couldn't. I could see the blank look on her face. You know, like we're not connecting at all. And and I looked at her and I said. I said, hey, I'm not trying to be like patronizing or anything, but do you have any idea what I'm talking about right now? And she said, no. She said, I don't. And I said, well, do you have, do you know kind of how the Bible works and what it is? And uh, she said, no, I don't. And I, and I, uh, I said, well, I said, okay. And she finally looked at me and she goes, Jeff, she goes, just assume I know nothing. Hmm. And I was like, thank you. And, that's a really interesting challenge. Yeah. Like, how do you bring someone from absolutely nothing? Like, I don't even know what the Bible is. I don't know what it says. I don't know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, I don't really get that it's like 66 books, not just one. Like, where did it come from? Sure. All those kind yeah. of things. And so it was interesting to try to think that through. And we have a friend, Florent, who mm-hmm. is a, a pastor in France. Yep. And um, when we were in Africa together with him, he was telling us that when he would uh, start to disciple someone in France, I think it's only 2 or 3% of uh, people really in low. France believe that, that the Bible is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he had to develop like a pathway to take them down, and I found that fascinating. So uh, when I had this conversation with 
my friend, um, I called him and I said, hey, can you send me that pathway? Mm. And um, he did, and it was incredibly helpful, and I modified it a little bit. And then about eight years ago, we did a preaching series on it, mm-hmm. and I went through Assume I Know Nothing and and laid it out, and we just found that it was like wildly helpful for people. So I took all of that, and I turned it into a book, and now the book is out, and we're going to do another preaching series on it yep. and take people through it, because there's not... Generally, if you did not grow up in a healthy church, you you have something worse than no information about the Bible. You have bad information yeah, about the Bible. Yeah, put you in a deficit. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't... And I think what happens with a lot of Christians... I know this was true of me, so maybe you guys are all beyond this. It was just me, but for me is... Um, I kind of forgot that trusting the Bible does not start with the Bible. Mm. That there has to be a thought process that leads up to the Bible. So as a Christ follower, when we look at our culture, who doesn't know and doesn't believe and doesn't accept the Bible, and look at them and say, well, the Bible says... <laughs> that Well, that doesn't mean anything. You might as well say, you know, well, if, they looked at, if somebody looked at you and said, well, the Quran says, you'd be mm-hmm. like, well, it's... It's wrong, sure. or it's not, you know, or whatever. And I had to, like, figure out and remember that there's about two or three steps mm-hmm. before you trust the Bible. And, and that's important, because when we talk about Jesus or when we defend or talk about Christian faith or life, we use the Bible to do that. Yep. And for a person who has no context, no understanding, no background, uh, no willingness to put their faith in, it becomes an absolutely meaningless conversation. Yeah. And that's why even here at Grace, like we'll talk about Jesus way more than we talk about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, because it's unless I am enamored and caught and captured by the person of Jesus Christ— why would I care about the book that he's recorded in? Sure. Yep. Now, for me, growing up, like that almost sounds sacrilegious mm-hmm. uh, because I was raised on on a high value of God's word, and uh, what I would say is I still hold the high value of God's word. I believe that the Bible is the authoritative, complete, and errant word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not. This book is not like questioning that or examining that. This book is helping to lay down a path Mm -hmm. so that other people can kind of reasonably find their way there. Yeah. And so that's that's what it is. That's cool. That's really, really cool. Well, it actually is an interesting segue into our topic that we're going to dive into today, because I think when we talk about uh, the elusive end times conversation... I think for a lot of folks, we should assume they know nothing. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of folks, all they've seen or heard is Nostradamus or you remember the Mayan calendar thing? Like the yeah, world's 2012. End. Yeah. Uh, How many movies were that? Oh my gosh, so <laughs> many, right? Um, and, and then they have this <clears throat> crazy picture of Revelations too hard to read and all these different places. And so it's almost like if we dial it back, um, and we just assume we know nothing. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, how, how can we dive into this conversation? So for today's episode, Jeff, um, I think we just want to kind of ask, ask the question, why? Like Jesus gets in a little bit to, 
you know, this is here's some signs that you can see, and here's some things that you can look forward to. But like, why would Jesus even tell us this stuff? Yeah. Why would he dive into this topic? Isn't just about loving our neighbor today. Why would he dive into all of that? Uh, I th- the the real big reasons why Jesus would tell us about a second coming, I think, are uh, three. Probably, he would want us to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would want us to be um, to be purposeful. And then he would want us to hang on to that promise. How's that, Joe? I came up with three Ps on the spot. I'm really impressed. Everybody, everybody, that was sheer, sheer. I was I was just winging that. I just came up with it. <laughs> it's almost like Donnie Vardy's in the room with us. <laughs> I know. It's the spirit of Donnie Vardy's with me. Now, what were they again? Uh, you said personal <laughs> promise and purpose. They were what? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, it was preparation, (laughs) Preparation, promise, and purpose. Promise and purpose. I think it was preparation, purpose, and promise, but uh, you can only type so fast. (laughs) So one, Jesus would want us to be prepared. So he would say, the Bible would say things like, live live Mm sober-mindedly. So if I know that things, if I know that a tornado is coming, Mm -hmm. and I know that it is forecast, and I know that it's summertime, and I know there's humidity in the air, and I know that there's thunderstorms around me, and I know that things start to get still, and I know the conditions are ready. I need to be prepared for that tornado. Mm-hmm. So that's everything from like getting the dog out of the yard all the way to like getting my family into the basement of the house, right? Yep. And so Jesus is telling his followers. And uh, the world, like he's like, this is going to happen. Uh, These are the the conditions that are going to precipitate this happening. You should be prepared for that. And when he says, like, live as the days are evil and be sober-minded, what he's saying is, like, don't don't let that, like, drop off of your radar. Yeah. um, That that this this is happening around you. When I say we should be purposeful... He would say, listen, I'm going to return any minute. And that's why you should have, part of why you should have a passion for lost people. Hmm. Um, that, you know, time is running out. What, what I like to say a, a lot of times is that uh, people are going to hell and Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and there should be an urgency to our evangelism. There should be an urgency to the work of the church. Uh, there should be a, a clarity to our call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do not mean anything conspir- conspiratorial with that. We could talk about that later if you want, but should we a clarity to our call? And because we're prepared, it causes us to be purposeful with it. And then the, the last thing was that it's a promise. And so it, it's, it's uh, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and uh, there there are times that life is going to be hard. There are times that governments are going to be evil. There's times that worldly systems are going to dominate. And I think Jesus tells us because it's a it's another way to reassure us that there is the promise that he will have victory. The church will overcome. Uh, we uh, uh, He is in control of things, and things will be made new. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in the middle of a trial, and that trial is just beating the snot out of me, um, I think that's wildly important to remember that even when I undergo persecution or even martyrdom, mm-hmm. 
uh, that there's there's a greater promise and a greater victory that I put my trust in. That's that's really really helpful. I mean, I, honestly, the three P's I think are fantastic because there's a lot of stuff you didn't mention there. And Jesus doesn't tell all this so that we can get our bunker ready, and He doesn't tell all of this <laughs> so that we can, you know, uh, I'm be careful with how I say this, but not so we can get into five year Bible studies trying to figure it all out. Right. You know, like that's not why He's saying all of this. Um, I, I think. I think we all do a version of the first thing that you said, like, oh, someone's coming back. I should get ready for it. Um, I can think back to growing up, how mom, the way that she prepared for people to come over to the house, you know, just shoving everything into an oven and a dishwasher and behind the curtain and into the closet because she wanted to have this, you know, to look like our house was together when company came over. And I still do a version of that today. Like, (laughs) if I'm home by myself and I know Mandy's going to come home, like, I'm like, oh, I should probably do those couple of things I mentioned that I would get done because you're preparing for the arrival uh, of that loved one. So that's super, super good. But I'm not going to lose myself in the planning and the details of when is Mandy coming home. I'm going to do the things I know I need to do because she's coming home. Yeah, the, the, this whole, and I would encourage everyone, you have to be very, very careful. Um, there, When things are bad, the end times conversation lights up. Uh, and often it lights up in North America. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, I would want you to know that North America is not necessarily a barometer of what's happening in the world. <laughs> sure, yep. So we go through hard times, like everybody goes through hard times. Um, our hard times are way less impactful than the, the rest of the world. Um, there, there has not been a famine in North America where millions of people have starved to death uh, probably says the pilgrims, you mm-hmm. know, and, and before that we may not just not have the records of it. So, so we, we have to keep it in perspective. And, and I, in our response, when I say prepared, what I mean is that people know the gospel, uh, the church is on mission. I'm living as if the Lord would return today. There is no place in the Bible that would say stock up food, mm-hmm. get ambo, uh, prepare for the zombie apocalypse. That is all conspiratorial, um, and it's it's nonsense. And and you can find it all over the place for sure. Um, and you have to be careful. And you had mentioned like this idea, like a five year Bible study. I'm going to figure out when it happens. That is wildly dangerous because the Bible says clearly, Jesus himself doesn't know the hour of the day. So the author of that book <laughs> does not know. He, there, if you know anybody anywhere that has set a date, they're wrong. Right. They're absolutely wrong. The one guaranteed time it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, including the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've done that since Jesus Went yep. back to heaven. Yep. Nobody's ever been right. Right. And they're not going to be right. Nope. So getting caught up like in that wormhole is dangerous. And what it does is it, is it takes you off purpose. Yes. You've prepared incorrectly. Yep. And now you're not sharing the love and the truth and the hope of Jesus. Uh, now you're you're going to save yourself or something. I mean, aren't you? You would be the one being raptured. I, I, I'm not even sure where you go with it. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Um. And then you get into these theological rabbit holes. Is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? You know, and I'm like, it stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
be prepared and be purposeful. And if it's pre-trib, post-trib, or or mid-trib, two of the three are wrong. Yeah, right. So yeah, like the odds are, and and I'm like, just give your life to people and give your life to Christ. And then God will work out the pre post. We'll mm-hmm. know. Yep. We'll know it, who. We'll know who was right. Yep. When when it all kicks up, and and we'll we'll go from there. You know, and that's where the promise is. Like I don't have to be right in all Correct. those things, because I'm going to be victorious, anyways. And when when I when I am wrong in my purpose, if my purpose is to get all my theology right, to get all of my doctrine right, what happens is. I start. I stop doing the very things God told the church to do, mm-hmm. because I think I figured out some theology or some doctrine, instead of seeing God's motivation in the whole thing in the first place. Yeah, it's um, it's almost like Jesus gave us just enough details so that we would prepare, so that we would be on purpose, and so that we would rest in His promise. Because it gives a whole lot more detail on how to love each other, on how to live the life, how to reach other people. Like, the emphasis is on certain things, and he, he certainly could have laid out exactly how a lot of that should have, not not the timing, but like, okay, here's what here's exactly, but he yeah. just gives these hints, these whiffs, because, hey, I'm in control, I have this covered, here's what I want you to do while I'm gone. Yeah. And and I when you look at the Old and the New Testament and the, and the hints and the the foreshadowing, so to say, that he gives. I think anybody who believes that the Bible would look around and say, it feels like we're closer to the end times mm-hmm. than we've ever been. Of course, that's just logically right. You right. Know, tomorrow <laughs> is closer to the next day than today is. Um, and I think that's where you need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do believe my my persuasion is a pre-trib persuasion, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why. Um, there's a whole bunch of decent arguments about mid, and probably more decent arguments about post. But I'm a pre-trib persuasion, and I mostly because I think it sets the rest of our theology in the right the right place. When when I think about that, and I think about the signs of the times, whether you're pre, mid, or post, all the signs point to Christ's return is nearer. Mm-hmm. And it's not because interest rates are high. And it's it's not because, um, you know, there's a Democrat or a Republican in the White House. So you start looking at things like that are global mm-hmm. and historical, like the existence of the nation of Israel. Sure, yep. Um, you start looking at things that are global or historical, like worldwide deception. Uh, transgenderism will be an example of that. It's mm-hmm. a worldwide deception. And then you can start looking at um, things that are descriptive in the Bible, like uh, you know, the, uh, there's going to be a, a person that's struck down and the whole world's going to see it at once. Well, when I was a kid, you would daydream that. Well, now we just know that's your phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the uh, antichrist is going to control the economy, and and you're gonna you're you're not going to be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. Well, now we're like, well, yeah, that's just a barcode or a chip, <laughs> right? I mean, right. you you used to imagine what these things could possibly be. 
Well, now you don't imagine that at all. You're like, in fact, when when you go into um, some of the typical things, like there will be a one world government, there will be armies of 200 million people. You know, Russia and China have an alliance now, and that army would equal 200 million people. Sure. Um, when you think about a one world government, you're like, you just mean the UN takes over, right? That's what's different today. It is we would come up with an answer to that clue, and that answer is not elaborate. It's right. something that's in front of us right now, yep. and we wouldn't think much about it, yeah. right? That does not mean that AI is the Antichrist, <laughs> right? You know, but we, but was there anything like AI five years ago? No. <laughs> so you look at that, and you look at Israel as a constant hot spot. Uh, you look at anti-Semitism and how it, it's like a global thing. It's not just a fringe group of people here and there. And that's the prepared part. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus would look, I think, and say is, well, that you can see that the bridegroom's coming. You should trim the oil in your lamps and get ready. And that means love the Lord your God, throw your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbors yourself, and go into all the world and make disciples. That does not mean try to dial it into next Tuesday. Uh, it does not mean uh, bunker down and get supplies for people. Mm-hmm. It is not, you know, back in the 90s, there was this big thing called the Left Behind series. Well, it's important to remember that was fictional. Mm-hmm. Like the author never claimed it wasn't. It was a, right, right. It was mm-hmm. a dramatization. Like, it's just stuff like that that we, ha- we have to keep our head about us when we talk about these things. It's really good. Jeff, I appreciate the simplicity, even though it was on the spot, of uh, why would Jesus get into this? Why does the Scripture peel back some of the curtain on this? Um, I think that's really important, assuming that most of us have not spent hours and hours or chunks of our life really diving into God's heart for the end times. Those three Ps are incredibly helpful. So as we look at you know, being prepared, living on purpose, and uh, trusting in His promise— I think it's a great step forward as we start to look through uh, the end times. If you would like us to address different questions on the podcast, maybe it's more in-depth on this topic, maybe it's about something else completely, you can always submit those questions at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. If we can help you take any unique next steps or you'd like resources on a specific topic, you can always reach out and let us know. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. If you're looking for a group of people that are trying to follow Jesus and live in that prepared, purposeful, and uh, resting in the promise kind of way, you can always check us out here at Grace in person or even look online to see what we're all about. And we're specifically just glad that you're jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.